angels didn't tell the shepherds, nor did Jesus tell us a pre-ascension into heaven to clean up. What he said was to speak up. We are the keepers of the truth, amen? And it doesn't matter what condition you're in, how you smell, whether you have dirt under your nails or not. God didn't say clean up. He said, I'll take care of that. What I want for you is to speak up. And I think it's time we speak up. Let me tell you, we we are the keepers of the truth. And if we do not disseminate that truth, people don't have the opportunity to decide for themselves. Amen. We're in part five of our series, The Christmas Dilemma, this morning. And this morning we're discussing the shepherds and their dilemma of joy. Their dilemma of joy. Now, remember what a dilemma is. Dilemma is a situation in which A difficult choice has to be made. Sometimes believing what you've heard God say generates a dilemma, as we have discovered for the past three weeks. But this morning, the question maybe we should pose is, what if the message that the angels of the Lord shared with the shepherds at the first Christmas night was a message specifically intended to overcome the shepherd's dilemma of joy. Perhaps, just perhaps, the dilemma was intended to be squelched from the start. Because God knew those shepherds would second guess whether or not this good news of great joy was meant not just for everybody else in the world, but for them too. How many times have we amen the message? Prayed over someone claiming a promise for them. Believed in some kind of manifestation in our lives of something dearly sought and believed it for them, but not for ourselves. God made sure one of His angels articulated to the shepherd that this good news of great joy was not just for everybody else. It was intended for all the people. Who is all? Who is all? All. Including those shepherds who were out in the hillsides and the fields of Bethlehem. Luke's Gospel records the message and the messengers that were sent. Luke's Gospel says, And in the same region there were shepherds 
out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Are you in fear today because you have a situation that you can believe for someone else, but you're having difficulty believing it for you? And within the deepest recesses and regions of your own heart and mind, there's fear because this is you now. It's easy to believe for someone else, but this is you now. Well, let me tell you what the messengers are saying. Fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And lying in a manger. If this doesn't do something for you because you've heard it so many times and so oft read in your in your church, listen, he didn't ask you to clean up. He met you where you are. And because he met you where he is, where you are, all he said was, Don't clean up. Leave it to me to do the cleaning. And all I need you to do is in your inability and in your insecurity, speak up. For this day is born unto you. Fear not. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. It brought the Lord great joy to share this joyful news of the advent of the Messiah with the shepherds. They were the first to hear and the first to witness this 
the long-awaited coming of the Christ. God, I think, gets a kick out of doing things His way that just may not always seem to the way seem to be the way that the world or even his children would have it done. It's what the apostle Paul writes about in the 29th and the 30 through the 31st verse of the first chapter of 1 Corinthians when he said this, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. My God in heaven, I don't know if you can feel what I am. But the Spirit of Almighty God is here. Who because, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts... Boast in the Lord. Holy Lord. The shepherds certainly were not boasting that they were the ones who should have been the first people to hear the good news of the Messiah's birth so that they could be the ones to share this great news, this great joy with others. We were supposed to be that. Why? Because we're all that. That's not what the shepherds were doing. No, they likely knew this very fact. They likely knew that they were living on quite probably life's low rung with respect to society and the occupational ladder of the community. They were probably quite aware. They perhaps were self-aware that their culture would have said any shepherd should have been not the first, but the last ones in line to hear the announcement of this good news. These shepherds were simply doing their jobs the way they did their jobs every single day. It was neither a glamorous job, nor was it viewed in high regard by the more sophisticated of the first century Jewish society. In fact, being a shepherd at that time was the very bluest of the blue-collar jobs and considered by many to be the most minimum of all minimum wage occupations of that day. The old saying, it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it certainly would have applied to the shepherds of biblical times and culture. Day after day, these shepherds found themselves in the blood, the sweat, the dirt that came with the territory of living with sheep. Shepherds 
often stayed together and did not associate much with others in society, thus making them kind of the societal social outcast of their time. You know those that seem a little reclusive in society and you look at them and don't know what to say. Yeah, that quite probably were the shepherds. However, the outsiders quickly, very quickly, would become the insiders regarding what God was up to just over on the other side of the hills where their sheep were grazing and being bedded down for the night. The outsiders were quickly becoming the insiders. Their insider status immediately, however, filled them with the understandable emotion of fear. Don't glaze over that little fact. Don't glaze over the fear that was present in this story. Their response of fear is where the shepherd's Christmas dilemma of joy can first be found. Let's look at Luke 2, beginning in verse 9. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Okay, right now I want everybody to stop. Imagine, it's dark outside, the, the stars are up, the moon is out, the, the, the sheep are bedded. You're there, several shepherds con- gathered together probably talking over the day's work. And suddenly, in all of your completely regular, normal, mundane, day-in and day-out routine, the angel of the Lord appears and the glory of the Lord is shown down upon you. Raise your hand if you are now utterly freaked out. And the angel says to them, fear not. Something appears to you in the dead of night. And you notice the Bible says nothing about the sheep stampeding. You notice the Bible never says a thing about anything being disturbed except the shepherds. And the message of the angel, the first two words from his mouth is, Fear not. This thing that you cannot comprehend, this power that is hovering over you, that you cannot possibly wrap your head around, is not here for your harm. It is here for your good. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I'm not here to harm you. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. We have a tendency to react in a particular way when things foreign, alien, and outside our perspective show up in our lives. And as children of God and as of messengers of God, when those things happen nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, those first words coming from that incomprehensible force is going to be, fear not. Why? Because if God be for us, 
the Lord desired to give these people great joy and thus had the angel call out their fear right from the start. Let's get past the fear. Let's get past the problems. Let's get past the incomprehensibleness. Let's get past the fact that your brain has just locked up. Let's get that out of the way because I've got news and you need to hear it. That's God. That's God. And I find a commonality between the shepherds on that hillside that night and the modern day church. We don't understand God when He shows up. Man, we need to get more used to the presence of God. Because when He shows up, He doesn't want to waste time dispelling fear. He wants to ingratiate us with good news. One of the strategies of Satan is to try and flood us with fear when the Lord desires to fill us with joy. Jesus, identifying Himself as the Good Shepherd in John 10 Verses 10 and 11 speaks about this very thing. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came. That they may have life and have it abundantly. My God in heaven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He doesn't come and steal yours. He comes and gives his. If we are followers of Jesus, our enemy knows he can't steal our soul. However, he can continue to try to steal our joy. Sometimes we are like the shepherds who find ourselves flooded with fear and falling into the trap of the evil one who wants to steal our joy. If your joy has been ravaged, if your joy has been displaced, if your joy has been altogether and on a wholesale level removed, you need to recognize this fact. As soon as you see that, know that's the devil and you've been lied to. Take back your joy because he is God. And he said, I've come to give you life and it abundantly. What steals joy? What steals joy? Is it the post that you read on the social media that puts you in a negative light? For any Facebook troller to read? Is it the bills that you greeted in your mailbox that once again are overdue? Is it the number that flashes on the scale you are stepping on this morning? We have two more slots in the biggest loser. 
hey, I'm one of the 18. I'm doing the biggest loser. Some of you may say, you won that already. No, 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 no. Anybody want to pledge money for me? I'm, I'm gearing up. Pastor Freddie is going to be helping me. Because God only knows. I ain't worked out in a long time. What steals your joy? Is it hearing the update that another one of your friends got the news that you've been hoping to hear for what seems like forever? Is it the quarterly report that was down below what you needed it to be in order to retire next year? Whatever the scene and whatever the scenario You have a very real enemy. And he's doing everything he possibly can to steal, kill, and destroy you and your joy. Maybe your circumstances aren't exactly what you want. Maybe they are. Maybe that's the case. Maybe you have sought God about your particular circumstances. Maybe that's the case. And maybe those circumstances have not manifested yet the way you want them. No two things. He has come to give you joy and you don't know the plan of God the way He does. You hold on. You watch and you wait and God will show up with good tidings of great joy. However, the good news of Christmas reminds us that we have a Savior who came to birth great joy inside all of us with the life that leads to abundance unaccompanied by unnecessary fear. And even if you don't always feel like this good news is meant for you. Remember what the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds who were dealing with their own dilemma of joy that first Christmas night. Remember what they said, Luke 2 and 10. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And that good news of great joy is for all the people. The phrase for all people means that you're included in this opportunity to experience great joy no matter how you feel about that truth. Whatever your circumstances are, whatever your environment is, and whatever your current truth may be, that opportunity to experience great joy is yours and it is set before you on a platter. 
this joy is for you. Don't be afraid of it. And don't think it's not for you. Can't reiterate that enough. That's the enemy trying to convince you that you are not good enough, that you are not smart enough, that you're not clean enough, that you're not worthy enough to experience His gift unto you of great joy. Never be afraid. Never be afraid to receive what God intends to give to you. Granted, God may show up on your doorstep and utterly freak you out. But know that it's Him and He says, fear not. And while God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, pause and remember that this Christmas that you are part of that world that God so loves. The good news is that a Savior was born in Bethlehem for you, for me, for all the people in the whole world, even those we don't approve of. Hallelujah. This Savior, embodying good news intentionally, was meant to include the socially despised, the economically depressed, and the religiously shunned in the world. That would extend to all people as well. All those. Nobody gets left out of this joyous news that leads to salvation, yielding abundant life which the angel of the Lord proclaimed. Nobody gets left out. Not of the message. What they do with the message is their choice. But nobody gets left out. We may receive not only this eternity, this eternity altering gift of joy and grace from God, but also may we share and spread the good news with all those whom we come in contact with. That's what the shepherds did. Did you notice how quickly they got over being freaked out? Did you notice that? How is it that these, that these men on a hillside herding sheep actually believed the angel of the Lord when he said, fear not. Okay. Cool. You afraid now? You're not, not, you have, no, I'm not afraid either. Okay. We're all ears. And the angel of the Lord, go tell this. And they're, they're looking at each other. And, and soon as the, as soon as the, the angelic host, they leave, they're like, man, we got to go. What about the sheep? They'll be fine. They'll be, in Texas terminology, they'll be I. I wish I could say I in Hebrew. I would love to come up here and say, they'll be I in Hebrew. That'd be awesome. And they just bail. They just bail. What's so funny is the same peace that accompanied the angels and did not spook the flock 
was the same peace that kept them in bed while the shepherds were gone. And they had to go tell it. Maybe what we need, maybe what we need is to get freaked out by God again. Maybe we need to get freaked out by God again. Maybe we need to see Him in our own lives in a new way. So that everything, listen to me carefully, that's tying us to this earth, that flock that's bedded down, by comparison to saying, you're not going to believe what just happened to me, it pales. And we flee just to go tell people what we saw. Maybe we need to get freaked out by God again. It's what the shepherds did. And frankly, it's what we need to do this Christmas too. May our only dilemma with is this Christmas, may our only dilemma be, who will I share this message with? You know what a dilemma is, right, everybody? You remember from the first part of this message? A situation in which a difficult choice has to be made. And let the only dilemma this Christmas be not, what size do I buy this sweater in? I don't know. You think they'd like the blue one or the green one? Now, do they want gift cards to this restaurant or that one? Don't let that dilemma bother you at all. Make a call. They're returning it anyway. Let the dilemma, the only dilemma that we work with this Christmas be, who am I going to share this message with? And you know what? Let me help you with that dilemma. Just throw it out and just share it with them all. Just just share it. Be Jesus. Tell them, you're not going to believe what I just had, what just happened to me. Stand with me this morning.